The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. You listen to me, Matt Slick, on Matt Slick Live. For those of you who might be new listening... Matt Slick is my real name. It's not a radio name. Every now and then, I let people know that. They kind of they go, "No, it's a radio name." But no, well, it is a radio name, but it's also my real name. So how about that? All right. Hey, look. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Tomorrow night, I do a Bible study. I'm going to go through probably the last half of Romans uh, starting at uh, Romans 11 starting at verse 17 I'm going to go over a little bit of eternal security covenant stuff and some other stuff and you can watch that online just giving you an, an FYI and if you want you can email me all you got to do is uh, just uh, address your emails to info at org. so if you have a, a question or a comment you want uh, dealt with on the air just uh, email me info at karm.org and just put in there you know the subject line uh you know radio question or radio comment and we'll and stuff like that Ooh. um uh yeah that's right i got i got some interesting stuff you can talk about here because um i got uh, i got some Let's see, radio. Yeah, I'll do it this way. We'll talk about some stuff. Whew, man, there's just a lot going on. <laughs> a lot going on. Oh, I'm so busy. All right, all right, all right. Uh, so let's just get on the phones here with, let's see, that would be Alan from Virginia. Hey, Alan, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. How you doing today? Oh, super busy. busy right here. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm 66. I'm almost 67. You're supposed to retire, and I'm busier. (laughs) Just get busier and busier. So much to do. I'm not whining. I kind of laugh through it. You you ever stubbed your toe and it hurts so much, you you can't help it, but you laugh because it's just so bad. It's so ridiculous. That's kind of how it is. It's like, wow. (laughs) It's just, yeah. So a lot of stuff. All right, man. What do you got, buddy? Okay, so I have a few questions, but they're kind of leading into each other, I guess. Oh, that's all right. So, the first one is, let me see, can you describe the differences between wickedness, sinfulness, goodness, righteousness, and holiness? Whoa. Wickedness is a a characteristic of action, I would think, in the heart. Um, it's off the top of my head here. So, uh, wicked when you're wicked in your heart, the intentions of your heart are are evil. Uh, sinfulness is the quality and characteristic of our nature. We have that fallen nature. We are by nature children of wrath. Ephesians two three, and out of that comes wickedness. Goodness can only be measured, understood, compared by looking at God's character. So people can offer. Uh, ideas of what good is, but it's usually based on some relativistic ideas. So God is good, and he can never sin. He's always holy. So goodness is what corresponds to him and his nature. So we are good only insofar as 
through Christ, we are uh, corresponding to the will, revealed will and direction of God. Righteousness is a legal standing uh, with the law, so we are imputed with the righteousness of God, Philippians 3, 9, by faith, Romans 5, 1, Romans 3, 28. And this occurs uh, because of the righteousness of Christ, where he fulfilled the law perfectly and never sinned, 1 Peter 2.22, bore our sins in his body on the cross, 1 Peter 2.24. And uh, by our believing, which God grants to us, Philippians 1.29, then the righteousness of God, Philippians 3.9, is imputed to us by faith, Romans 4.5, Romans 4.3. And uh, so we're right standing before God. And uh, what was the other one? Holiness? Was that it? What was that? Yeah. Yeah, holiness is a quality and characteristic that belongs to God alone. Now, so I differentiate between our holiness and God's holiness. Now, God is holy. First Peter one sixteen, be holy for I am holy. Now, he's describing his character, his essence, his nature. This is a quality that belongs to God alone. And personally, I believe that all creatures will sin because they're not holy. They don't have that characteristic that belongs to God's nature. However, we are told to be holy, be holy, for I'm holy. So we are told to do that which we cannot do. Now, some people think that's unfair, but it's that's what's right. Because the standard of holiness is God, not us, not our system, not our hearts, not our abilities. So we are always going to fail. But through Christ, we're able to achieve, by proxy, seen through Christ, a kind of holiness that uh, comes from God through Christ to us that we live by his work. So that's what I would say, okay? Okay. So so you mentioned that all things so you mentioned that all things sin, correct? All things sin? No, not all things. Oh, I thought that's what you Pe- said in there. People. All people do. All people. Uh, all okay. sentient, sentient beings uh, like angels. Not all angels sin. There's fallen angels. And I think it's out of Second Peter five twenty one. Okay. I think it is, and or Second Timothy five twenty one. I mean, and uh, the fa- those who are the elect angels, I believe, were the ones chosen by God not to fall and not to sin. They don't sin, and I don't believe they can. And uh, what we can, and um, so that's what's you know we we all think. okay. Yeah. So that means like animals, since they I guess weren't passed down with a sin nature, unlike us through Adam. They aren't uh, sinful, so they're not necessarily... Yeah, I wouldn't uh, call them sinful. I would call them just animals. They don't have the image of God. They don't have that quality and characteristic of, of moral ability that is okay. due to... so they're not in to... rebellion of God. I wouldn't say that. No, I would not say that. Okay. They're fallen. They're affected by the fall. They get sick. They die because Adam represented all of creation. When he died, we fell in him. James five, I mean uh, Romans five eighteen and nineteen, First uh, Corinthians two fifteen twenty two also. Okay. Okay. Um, and so the, I guess my next question is, I'm assuming the answer is yes, because um, you're talking about how justific- justification through faith. Um, so Noah was righteous, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, it's because of his faith in God, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what, the, what is Romans 3.10 then referring to? 
It says there's none righteous, not even one. There's none who understands. The context is that what Paul is doing is giving a blanket condemnation of all individuals. Everybody has sinned. There's none righteous. Now, we know that this excludes Christ because he never sinned, First Peter 2.22. So what he's doing is giving a blanket understanding of Jews and Gentiles because the previous verse he says, not at all, for we all have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. As it is written, there's none righteous, not even one. So we have an imputed righteousness that comes from God, Philippians 3.9. And uh, we're justified by faith, Romans 5.1. And justification is the imputation of righteousness to us. So in one sense, nobody's ever righteous. But in another sense, we are. It's, it's, it kind of deals with the now and the not yet. It deals with the issue of, mm-hmm. on one sense, nobody's righteous. Of course not. Well, except Jesus. and then, uh, But yet we can be righteous in God's eyes by our faith and trust in him, and the imputation of Christ's righteousness to us is granted. And so only the elect, once they're saved, become righteous, correct? They are. They become righteous in that the the righteousness of Christ is imputed to them. So the elect sin debt is canceled at the cross, Colossians two fourteen. But they're justified when they believe. And that's uh, okay. So, so at all yeah. points they are righteous, but they're only justified after they've been saved, right? Well, again, this is the now, the not yet, and I can't answer beyond that because. Jesus in First Peter two twenty four bore our sin in his body on the cross. Well, that was two thousand years ago. So he bore my sin in his body. How's that possible? Because I'm I was not yet, but it was his now. So there was a mm-hmm. spiritual kind of universal whatever it is of the imputation of the sins of the elect to Christ back then. So this is a perfect example of the now and the not yet. So you could have an atheist who gets saved at the age of fifty. And he's elected by God for the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1 4. And so God grants that he believes, Philippians 1 29, because he's appointed to eternal life, Acts 13 48. But this occurs when God grants that he has that faith and he comes to Christ, John 6 65. And that's when he's justified. So it's kind of a weird position because he could be an elect individual for. Uh, since the foundation of the world, but the manifestation of God's election and granting of faith and repentance. Uh, Philippians one twenty nine, Second Timothy two twenty five, does not occur until the regeneration, which God works in a person. John one, thirteen, First Peter one three, and so there's this one foot yes, one foot no, at the same time in different worlds, kind of. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Uh, thank you, Matt. So, what church do you go to? Uh, so I go to Clover Hill Baptist Church, but right now I'm okay. um, more so just studying your resources right now. Okay. Well, just remember, you can't trust a guy named Slick. You've got to always check everything I say against Scripture. Always look at the Scripture. And if you disagree with me, you call me up and you say, I don't think you got it right in this area. And I'll listen. Yeah, I, I don't I, have all the answers. I, I don't know. The thing, the thing you just told me, I don't know. It doesn't seem right, Slick. Hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, you, what? That you should always check everything with scripture? Of course you should. Yeah, I know. Could you say that? Because you, you said I shouldn't. You sh- I shouldn't trust you unless it's comparable to scripture. So I don't know. Wait if a minute. I said don't thing. trust me, but then I said trust me by the scripture. That's a bit of a problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So good for you, all man. Right. Good for you. All right. Well, God bless. Okay. You keep studying. Thank all right. You. Okay, man. All God right. bless. Thank you. God bless. All right. Bye. All right, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 
877-207-2276. We have four open lines, so give me a call, okay? Let's get to Rudolph from Raleigh. Hey, Rudolph, welcome back, buddy. Yes, sir. Um, I was listening to you yesterday. You were talking about uh, Kim Copeland, but you need to dig the fence. Um, my question is, how is um, the Word of Faith movement heretical? And I kind of listen to okay. the answer off the, off the air. Okay? Okay. Sure, no problem. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. It's heretical in that it has faith in faith, which is idolatrous, instead of faith in God. Just as some people will call me up sometime and you have to activate your faith, you have to use your faith, you have to understand that faith is is something you have to use and utilize. It's like a substance. And so then they have faith in faith, and that's idolatrous. That's one point. The other point is that they are then saying that God will do certain things by their command. Now, they'll say that's not true, but that's functionally, yes, it is. Because what they're going to say is that if you confess with your mouth certain promises God has made, he's going to follow through with them. So what you do is you confess them with your mouth. You don't confess things like your sickness. Oh, you don't say you have sickness. Otherwise, it'll become a reality. Why? Because your words have power. Just like God, you have power to create and a creative force. And so by what you proclaim, what you confess, positive confession, then it's called name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. So if you do this, then you can do the spiritual realm of creation. This is also idolatrous because it puts the onus on the the person's individual and it uses sorcery in order to try and get spiritual results by certain physical things and word things that they do. And uh, that's idolatrous too. It's a very dangerous thing. And if you have questions about it, don't agree with me, call me up, 877-207-2276. And after the break, if no one calls, I'll read some of the stuff these heretics have said. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. We have, uh, let's see, it looks like three open lines, 877-207-2276. Let me just spend uh, just a few minutes before we get to the next caller. To, I'm going to read some of the stuff that these uh, false teachers have said, uh, like uh, John Avanzini. Uh, Charles Caps, Charles Caps, for example, said faith is a substance. Um, uh, and then he said, uh, check this out, God filled his words with faith. He used his words as containers to hold his faith. Uh, it's false. Okay. Uh, or how about God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Um, the word likeness in original Hebrew means an exact duplication in kind. No, it doesn't. He said Adam was an exact duplication of God's kind. This is just blasphemy. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, I love this one. Uh, John Ambazzini says, Notice that when Jesus says, I have finished the work, John seventeen four, we know that he had not finished the work. I mean, can we say moron? That's what it is. Jesus says, it's finished. Oh, no, we can tell you it's not finished, Jesus. We'll tell you how it is. What an idiot. I'm serious. This is serious stuff. How can anybody just directly contradict what Jesus said? It just blows me away. These just, Kenneth Copeland said this, 
Heaven is a planet, okay? It has a north and a south and an east and west. Consequently, it must be a planet. He said that in 1985. He said faith is a conductive force. It's a power force, a tangible force, okay? As we said in 1989. And uh, he said, don't you think Earth was first? Do you, huh? Well, do you think that? No. It's a copy of home. It's a copy of the mother planet where God lives. He made little ones just like his. So God lives on another planet, or there's a copy of a, of a mother planet of Earth? He said this in 1989. Now, this is from the book of Second Moronicles. Okay? Somebody needs to stand up and call these heretics on the carpet and say, enough of this, and, and uh, they need to be dealt with because they're heretics. Should we support heretics financially? Prayerfully? Well, prayerfully, we certainly should. But these guys are heretics. Um, Kenneth Culpin said, uh, God spoke Adam into existence in authority with words. Uh, these words struck Adam's body in the face. His body and God were exactly the same size. This is Mormon doctrine. Uh, he said Adam uh, is a reproduction of God. Adam was a, uh, as much male as female. I mean, I can go on. There's so much I could read, okay? I'm going to get to the callers. But, and then, uh, how about this? Uh, Kenneth Hagen said, Adam, I'll just go through this really lightly, quickly. Kenneth Hagen said, Adam was the god of this world. He said that in 1991. Uh, and let's see. Uh, Adam became satanic when he sinned, he said. Oh, and lo look at this. Phys uh, this is what uh, oh, yeah, 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 Kenneth Hagen said. Uh, Jesus tasted spiritual death for every man, and his spirit and inner man went to hell in my place. By the way, folks, it's a heresy. Can't you see that? Physical death wouldn't remove your sins. Wow. So the physical death of Christ did not remove our sins? Yes, it did. Uh, so he said Jesus went to hell. His spirit and inner men went to hell in my place. Physical death couldn't remove your sins. He said it again. Uh, every believer is an incarnation. Uh, let's check this out. You, uh, you are as much the incarnation of God as Jesus Christ was. The believer is as much an incarnation as was Jesus of Nazareth. Kenneth Hagin said that. Can we say blasphemy? I can. Blasphemy. Hey, let's all say it together. Blasphemy. All right. Um, I'll skip. Benny Hinn said uh, Adam was a super being when God created him, which means he could fly. Uh, God's original plan is that the woman was to bring forth children out of her side. Uh, she was created with an opening in her side. This is Benny Hinn talking. Um, let's see. Uh, when you say, I am a Christian, you are saying, I am Mashiach. In the Hebrew, I'm a little Messiah walking on earth. There's, uh, that's from the second book of Moronicles again. Uh, these guys read in the same heresy book. Uh, God touched a piece of dust. Uh, check this out. God came to earth and touched a piece of dust and turned it into a god. Are you a child of God? Then you are divine. You're a child of God. Then you're not human. Benny Hinn said this. What a moron. Seriously. Uh, how about, uh, let's see, Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer. Oh, yeah. Uh, he could have helped himself up to the point where he said, I commend my spirit into your hands. At that point, he couldn't do nothing for himself anymore. He had become sin. He was no longer the son of God. He was sin. That's blasphemy. There's absolute blasphemy. She has no clue how blasphemous that is. 
and the elders in the body of Christ there, the men in the body of Christ should have, we should have had film of them running up to the stage and silencing her. You cannot speak. You are not qualified. Get away from here. It all been fired, I'm sure. Right. Uh, Jesus said, check this out. Joyce Meyer said, he became our sacrifice and died on the cross. He did not stay dead. He was in the grave three days. During that time, he entered hell where you and I deserve to go legally because of our sin. He paid the price there. That is a denial of the sufficiency of the cross of Christ. It's a damnable heresy. She, that was in the book... Uh, also, uh, most important decision you'll ever make by Joyce Meyer, Second Printing, 1993, page 35. That's where that was. And uh, this is uh, two pages later, page 37. His spirit went to hell because that is where we deserve to go. There's no hope of anyone going to heaven unless they believe this truth. You can't be saved unless you don't believe the heresy she's teaching. That means she's preaching a false gospel. You know, this is just ridiculous. I can go on, but I can go on. Maybe I will after the caller. I got more. And uh, as I like to say, so much heresy, so little time. Let's get to Ken from Richmond, Virginia. Ken, welcome. You're on the air. Okay, just turn your mic down. Turn the speaker down. You there? Ken, Ken, we're hearing you, but you got to turn your yeah, mic or the speaker down. There you go. Okay. What do you got, man? Are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, I here. can. Okay. So what do you got? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm hearing you. Do you have anything you want to say or add or ask here? Okay. We'll try a little bit longer, but it looks like we're having some connection problems. It sounds to me like he might be on the road and losing connection, so he may have to call back. So we'll just drop him. Call back if you're on the radio, uh, just listening. Call back, okay, when you get to a better area, because it just wasn't working there. All right, let me continue to read for you the wonderful heresies that are spoken by people. Uh, here's some more from Joyce Meyer, okay? They were having the biggest party that had ever been had. They had my Jesus on the floor, and they were standing on his back, jumping up and laugh and down laughing. He had become sin. That's out of the book of uh, Deuterectomy. Next to the book of Second Moronicles. And we call this in theology stupidification. To heresify, to cause it to be heresy. Uh, this is all ridiculous. Uh, false teaching and uh, bad news. There's a there's the music for the break. If you want to give me a call, eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Be right back. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. The bottom of the hour, if you want to give me a call, four open lines, 877-207-2276. Let's get to Steve from Raleigh, North Carolina. Steve, welcome. You're on the air. 
Matt, I appreciate you being on the air. Listen to you for many years. First time calling in. We're... So that being said, I'm going to roll right into it. Um, All right. What I was looking for was if you have a compilation of the different heretical uh, people uh, from Joyce Myers to Benny Hinn to whoever else might be out there. As I was sharing with your uh, call assistant, we had uh, a pastor bring a book called The Bait of Satan, which is from John Brevere. Are you familiar with John? No, but you could send me that information at, uh, to my email address because I would like to do some more work disciple. on these heretics. Okay. okay, well, he's the disciple of Benny Hinn, and Benny mm-hmm. Hinn wrote the forward to his first book, and then Benny Hinn got exposed, so he took him out, but he was Benny Hinn's personal assistant. And so the bait of Satan yeah. basically is, the way I understand it, because I didn't, I didn't read the book, but it has the uh, don't touch the anointed one sort of premise yeah. to it. Again, heretical. What's, that the, 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 the leadership book? cannot be wrong. What's sir? the name of the book? What's the name of the book again? The bait, the bait of Satan. By John Bevere. That's okay. right. That's right. All right, I'm looking and at it, you, and there I'm downloading it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Fast. So any of the other? Okay. Well, Benny Hinn's another one for me because that way I know that he was heretical. I just didn't know some of the things mm-hmm. he said. As well as I share with your, your call screener, uh, somebody mentioned to me about Joyce Myers the other day that they like watching her. And I know she's not the one to watch, but I didn't have any, like, concrete black and white what she said. If you have any kind of compilations or yep. if you're going to get them in the future, I'll just listen to see when you get them. That would be a help aid not only to me, but to, I'm sure, a lot of people. All you got to do is go to CARM, my website, and type okay. in Positive Confession Preachers and Teachers. It's a, and it's a, the whole article is... Positive confession, preachers and teachers, list of heresies. But you could just go to Karma type positive confession, Got preachers it. and teachers, and and you'll find it. And with the Joyce Meyer stuff, I have the audios that are there. Wow. And wow. So a lot of people don't know this, but uh, the work that was done early on exposing these wacko morons, uh, there was a, a friend named Perry, and I know I remember his last name, but I'm not going to say his last name over the air. This is back in Southern California. He's the one who listened to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of tapes from these guys and comp- compiled stuff and delivered it uh, in part to Christian Research Institute. And so I talked to him about this, and he told me how he did this. And So a lot of this is due to him, but there's a lot of other people who've done a lot of good work, too. And uh, Justin Peters does a great job at exposing uh, these heretics. And they are heretics. Heretics. Absolutely. So, so my, yeah, one of my pastors that, I'm, um, that I listen to all the time has it, has it exactly right. There's right, and then there's almost right. And that's how the false teachers do it. Is they mix right. a little bit of the, the truth and make it sound good, and then they go off script. And unless you're spiritually mature, and I figured out from this, uh-huh. you know, thing that I'm going through now with this, like I'm sharing with you, what I'm going through. And when Jesus said, "If you do anything to one of these young babes, it'd be better for you not to have been born," yep. I realized it wasn't talking about a young child. It was talking about somebody young in the faith, and that's what happened. They all got duped, and including myself, until he brought in something <laughs> that you know was blatant to me, and so therefore. Um, it all came out in the wash, but the bottom line was that that's how it started. And you check that book out, and then, you know, I'll catch back up with you. And I appreciate you being there. Like I say, thank you so much. And I'll uh, let you get back to the next caller. But, again, we love you. We appreciate you, and we'll keep you in prayers. 
<laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Really appreciate it. Well, God bless. All right. So I like that kind of call. That's good stuff. All right. So you know what, folks? I'll tell you what. Uh, I want to expand the area. You know what? One of the things we need at CARM, this is serious. This is a real serious need we have in CARM, is for people to watch these videos. I just can't do it. Uh, I can't, you know, watch, just sit down and listen for two hours to some video. I've got hundreds of emails to do. I'm working on a doctorate degree now. I've got books I've got to finish editing. I've got articles I've got to write. I've got videos I've got to do. And my wife's health and so much, you know, and that's just life. What really helps, if you want to be a helper, you want to help out this kind of ministry. It's you don't get a lot of glory. It's a lot of work. Uh, but if that sounds appealing to you. Then one of the things we do need is to have people listen to Joyce Meyer stuff. Listen to uh, Kenneth Copeland stuff. Just listen. Read through their books. You know, and just find. Uh, well, you know, like she said. Uh, you know, you can't go to heaven unless you believe this stuff. You're like, what? That's something, you know, and you you document where it is, like in a book, and I buy the book, you, and or on a video, and you give me the URL, you know, the, the youtube.com forward slash whatever it is, and you say at 43 minutes and 15 seconds, or whatever it is, start listening where he or she says blah, blah, blah. That's what we need. And then what I do is I go to that, I listen to it, I back it up five minutes and listen to the context, make sure it's not taken out of context, and then I decide if I'm going to use it or not. And I and if I do, I can extract that pit of the audio uh, or the video, I can extract it, and there's, there's common use laws, and then we can upload it, and I can give a link, it's where we got it from, this original part, here's a segment, whatever it is, and we can do this kind of thing, even if it's from their own sources, like... Uh, you know, Kenneth Copeland's own own ministry website, and it has a video on there, that we can do this. We can uh, extract, or it's called uh, fair use laws. We can extract certain things for representation. And this is, this would be extremely helpful because what we can do then is collect all this stuff, have a whole section on these teachers, these false teachers. We've got over, a list of over 100 people are supposed to do, but I'm buried, buried. And if people could do stuff like that, what that does, that really helps a great deal. And then it can go to it, be efficient, and uh, we could develop more stuff like that. That's what we need. Just saying. All right, let's get to Ron from California. Ron, welcome. You are on the air. Thank you. You said you were working on getting your doctorate. I was kind of curious as to where you are going to do that. Uh, Birmingham Theological Seminary in Alabama. They're uh, they're accredited through Reformed denominations, and um, uh-huh. and that I won't tell the story, but the doors opened up unexpectedly, and there we are. Okay. Okay. And my other question is, I'm in a uh, hermeneutical theory class, and I was curious Ooh. what you think of Bernard Ram, and if there's a really good. Um, author that I can read regarding hermeneutics and so forth. I'm in a master's program, almost done with my master's. Oh, I don't know of any fantastic works on hermeneutics. I'm sure they exist, but I haven't had to get into them. I do want to write a course. Uh, you know, I have the School of Theology, Apologetics, and uh, Critical Thinking. I want to write one on on uh, hermeneutics. But uh, I do have a book on the canon that I've I've enjoyed. Uh, oh, where is the name uh-huh. of that book? And oh, I'll have to open it by opening this up. 
Actually, I've been through your whole school. It was a good school. Oh, oh okay. Which one? Uh, the all three you mentioned, all three of the schools. Oh, you did? So did you learn? I learned in, my and, diploma. Good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, here it is. It's called the, the uh, Canon Revisited by Michael J. Kruger. Now, this deals with the canonization process, but I think there's some hermeneutical stuff in there as well. But if I were, I wish I could have the time uh, to do uh, a school on hermeneutics. I'd love to research it because to me, it's pretty much common sense. I have a method that I use for hermeneutical examination, and I could just list out what I've done as I've developed over the years. It doesn't mean I'm right; it's just what I do. And I can learn a mm-hmm. learn a great deal that way, you know. Uh, and it's awesome stuff. So anyway, yeah, so there you go. The, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the thing that's frustrating for me is in my class um, we read about nine thousand different people's ideas of how to do hermeneutics, and yep. uh, nothing really solid on. I wish the instructor would just come right out and say, "Hey, this is what I do. This makes the most sense." You know, I just. Uh, in my undergraduate studies, I, I just learned, you know, grammatical, historical, lexical. And, you know, to me, that's right. still good enough without having to adopt all of the historical criticisms and all the doubts and everything right. they want to throw at the Word of God. So, Well, you know, what I'm developing, we've got a break in a minute, but I'm developing a, 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 a Trinitarian-based view of everything. And that all truth is God's truth that is representative of his infinite knowledge, all things actual and potential. And hermeneutics mm-hmm. has certain practical uh, levels, but the ultimate uh, source and goal should be the glorification of God. And Correct. And so that's what I'm thinking of, and I want to apply it in ways. But if you understand that, then you can understand the covenantal aspect of how God works in the Trinitarian communion, and that should be something that uh, is useful inside of hermeneutical interpretations because covenantalism is how God works, because based on his character and his word. Hey, there's a break. Hold on, man. We'll be right back, okay? Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. Sorry talking fast, but uh, we have two open lines, 877-207-2276. Be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right. <laughs> People are commenting about my, my doctorate, which I may or may not complete, because I don't know if I can do it all with Carm and my wife's health and so much going on, but we'll see. I'm giving it a shot for now. Uh, Ron, okay, so where were we? There was <laughs> hermeneutics, that's right, so uh, much going on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd like to write a, a course on hermeneutics. Oh, yeah, I remember now. And so um, I think that a lot of people, what they do when they interpret things is fail to do what I call the target system. You know, a target has concentric sim- uh, uh, circles. and You go the middle first. Mm-hmm. What's the text actually saying? Then you expand out, and there are certain realms you need to get into. You know, Greek, Hebrew words, uh, word studies, which I think is an under, an underappreciated um, uh, avenue of, of hermeneutical uh, studies. I, I just, I've learned so much from word studies, and it's changed my theology in a lot of areas, or I should say, mm-hmm. polished it. 
So uh, that's one of the things. Uh, I got to finish editing my uh, my first novel, and uh, people want me to write a second. <laughs> I'm telling you. you Ooh, and I got to do yeah, videos. Do I need lots of help. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Do you feel like the context even trumps the actual word? In other words, the uh, context yes. trumps the lexical. Yeah, I do yes. too. Yeah, context always determines the meaning. So the word green has numerous meanings. It could be envy, money, sick, naive, mm-hmm. color. And so the context is what determines meaning. And then we have to be careful of what's called illegitimate totality transfer. So a word can have a semantic mm-hmm. domain, a range of meaning in different contexts. What false mm-hmm. teachers do very often is take the meaning of one place and transfer it over to another. And I'm reminded, I'm just going to keep going here, I'm reminded of Matthew one twenty-five that a Catholic did with me once. And uh, in Matthew one twenty-five, it says this. Okay, I'll read it. It's talking about Joseph kept her a Mary a virgin until she gave birth to a son and mm-hmm. what he did was he went to another place where the word until is used in first Corinthians 15 mm-hmm. and there it says uh, uh, it says what was it that Jesus will reign until he's put all enemies under his feet but you see the until there means continued so he says over there that's what it means mm-hmm. there and he transferred the meaning over to Matthew one twenty-five. That's called illegitimate totality transfer. It's a perfect example, uh, Matthew one twenty-five and First Corinthians of what not to do. Yeah, I got to write a school on a, on, on hermeneutics. I do. That would be I, good. I, I, I need help. I, I, I need helpers. I need to be able to <laughs> to just you know get my speech program just just put it all out there and then have someone edit it up present it back to me I go yes this this is good you know stuff like that I need video help I'm whining a little bit but I'm doing it with smiles it's it's a pleasure to be so busy but man yeah you can do the same thing with the word angelos can't you angelos absolutely angel yeah Uh uh-huh messenger yeah yeah depends on how it's used in context Yes, but you can't really do it with a word like penicontemporaneous. Now, that's not easy to do, to, to change the meaning with that. <laughs> penicontemporaneous. I guess not. Is, you know, no, you, you don't get too obstreperous uh, doing that. So, okay. <laughs> I like words. All right, so the the school that you're going to, can you do that online at that particular school? I'm thinking about going to yes. Liberty for my doctorate, and so mm-hmm. just because I can do it online, and so... Yeah, I, you know, yeah, it's what happened was, well, I won't tell you, but uh, the Lord opened up those doors there. I would have liked to have gone to Liberty. I just can't afford anything. Ministry is not doing Mm -hmm. well financially. I mean, because, well, I slipped out. Let's put it this way. A lot of ministries are suffering right now, and this is because of the economy. It's not just me. I've been hearing this from all over, and we're affected, too. And so uh, the schools that I've written really do help to keep the lights on and pay the missionaries. And um, so I could use do a fourth one, you know, maybe I... Well, uh, I would actually like yeah. to buy from you guys, and I'll contact you later. Um, I want to buy the school's uh, binders on all three schools where I could teach from those binders, because, I mean, I, yeah. I really feel like it was so good. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm really glad. 
um, we do. I think we do have them in binder form. We put them in there, and then we changed the format mm -hmm. electronically and modified a little bit. So we have to update that. And one of the things I want to do in addition is go through and do a video for each lesson, where I just go through and and kind of ad lib through the lesson, read it, and then cause re remember it, and ad lib and just add a little bit more and uh, comments. I think would be helpful too. So there's just so much. Need a lot of help. And what's so your opinion on? Uh -huh. Yeah, what's your? I, I'm struggling whether to go after the doctorate of ministry or to go for a PhD. It's a one year mm -hmm. difference. But yeah. I, I hate writing ethereal stuff that's not really meat and potatoes. You know, kind of like the Book of mm -hmm. James, meat and potatoes. And, and yeah. so I don't do real well with the ethereal. I just want substance. And so I'm wondering how well I would do writing a year thesis about something that supposedly nobody yeah. had written on. And so I don't know if the PhD is worth it. And I was just kind of curious what you think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's why I'm not doing a PhD. One of the reasons uh, generally a PhD thesis is 200 to 300 words. Uh, a DMIN thesis can be around 150 words. But let me tell you something. There's something called Grammarly.com. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you are familiar with it, but you can... I have it on my computer. To I do my writing with it. Okay, good. Well, it has different levels of, of um, writing styles that it'll aim for. And it, you can aim it for mm -hmm. the most highfalutin, arrogant, pompous, whatever, and uh, it'll you know, tell you, you know, use too many passive voices, you mean like that, objectivity. Right. And uh, that's one thing. But here's something else I'm learning is that you have what's called a cohort. You have other people who are in the group with you, kind of like study partners. And so they can help criticize or critique, I should say, the writing style. Now, I'm in the same boat with you, though. I'm very, very, very practical. I'm very efficient in my writing. I like to get to the point. And so the ideas I have, I only have two ideas for a thesis so far. One of them is to write a novel where uh, a student goes through different classes and he's been trained by his pastor dad as an apologist and he goes in to different classes in college philosophy evolution uh, mathematics art and he deals with the varying uh, assumptions presuppositions uh, per class and i think that'd be a, with documentation i think it'd be a great uh, a great um idea. The other one is to do something on the nature of the Trinity being the necessary precondition for all intelligibility and narrow that down even further. So that was, that's it, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, I don't, I don't hog up any more of your line. You probably have other callers and stuff. So Yeah, that's right. Well, appreciate it, buddy. Okay. Well, God bless. All right. I appreciate the info. Thanks. You too. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to next longest waiting by a, by a nose is John from Rolling, North Carolina. John, welcome. You're hey, Matt. Hey. You got me? Yeah. I got you. Uh, You're on. First, first <laughs> let me apologize for my potty mouth earlier today. Um, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, I was a little, little, I noticed it, but I was like, whatever, you know, it's good. It's because I, I understand the context. That was on the phone, folks. We're talking on the phone. So uh, I forgot yeah. about it quickly. No big deal. It's all right. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to bring your attention. I don't know how I did it, but I ran across your um, wish list and it seems uh -huh. uh, to be empty. I think there was only one thing on it. So. 
Could you add some things to that? And could you tell us how to get there? Well, you can go to uh, Amazon and you can just type in Carm Wishlist. Um, the only thing I'm even well, thinking of, yeah, the thing I'm thinking of, of putting on there is uh, a camera. But I already have a, a nice camera. I always use two of those. I mean, one thing, but it's a $1,100 camera. I don't want to put that up there because I'd like to have two angles. But that's that's one thing. The thing is, the camera that I'm using right now on the computer is not as high res as I'd want. I was looking for a uh, you know a cheap, less than $200 camcorder the, the idea to see if I can use that to make it a better uh, a better quality. That's the only thing I can think of right now, you know. Well, you know, we were using cameras for my wife's uh, auditions and stuff, and she's yeah. dropped down to using the iPhone. And it's the iPhone pretty good. Yeah. is incredible. I mean, and in fact, um, I forget what is. Uh, there's a couple of uh, films on the web that are all white, uh, uh, iPhone, and you can't tell the difference from 70 millimeter. I know. In fact, uh, um, Living Waters, Ray Comfort, uh, he's done videos simply on, on uh, I guess it was his iPhone or Android, because Android phones are very good also. And I have a spare Android sitting around. I've, so I've tried to see if I could hook it up to the system, but there's a lag because of the I don't have... Because uh, it has to come out live. That's one thing. It has to be live. That goes in. i got to figure it all out. There's just too much to do. I need a tech person yeah. to come out and camp out here and say, you've been doing it all wrong. Hey, thank you for telling me. What do I do to fix it? You know? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All right, well, I think you'd like to get to the last caller there. All right, buddy. Sounds good, man. Thank God you. bless. Okay. God bless. Bye. All right, that's John. Yeah, we're becoming friends. He's annoying like I am. He's kind of one of those kind of guys. We just get along, you know? So we just talk. I never met the guy. And we just talk like we know each other. Okay, it's one of those things. Good stuff. Good. Let's get to Gabriel from uh, Maryland. Hey, Gabriel, welcome. You're on the, on the air. Thanks for taking my call, Matt. Sure. What do you got, Matt? So I, I was doing a devotional, and I came across an imprecatory psalm. And I've heard um, some people in the church use imprecatory psalms against the enemies of the church and saying that we should pray these actively against the enemies of the church. But it, it got me thinking, um, uh, the specific verse in particular, which was talking about how uh, the rich, they live in prosperity. And I think to myself, well, I'm kind of rich. I'm kind of living in prosperity in the United States. And the United States isn't particularly innocent when it comes to various wars um, and the motives behind them. So would somebody in, say, a Christian in Syria be justified in praying in a precatory psalm against the United States, which would include me, and what would I then do about it? What you do is you pray for the glory of God first and for his will to be carried out. And you pray for the judgment upon the ungodly, that they will be brought to repentance. That that's the purpose of that. And ask God then to invoke upon them the proper judgment. But also with the prayer, you ask, and Lord, that they would be saved. 
and according to your ultimate will, Lord, as I am short-sighted to, to pray according to the Psalms, the boastful shall not stand before your eyes, you hate all who do iniquity. You know, or Psalm 40, let those be ashamed and humiliated who seek after my life to destroy it. But then what we do is we pray for their salvation as well, and let God sort it all out. And we're out of time, so we've got to cut it short. Why don't you call back tomorrow? Let's talk about it some more, okay? All right, Sounds man? Good. All right, buddy. Seriously, call back tomorrow. Hey, folks, we're out of time. May the Lord bless you by His grace. We're back on the air tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Have a good, great, uh, let me try it again. Have a good evening. Talk to you later. Another program powered by the Truth Network.